Zakt and Masked, published on December 19, 2022. The first order effect of remote work is emptier offices. The second order effect is leaner companies. The third order effect is more inequality and opportunity. People thought Mark Zuckerberg was bad at running a social media company. And then Elon Musk took over Twitter. Two of the world's most hated and most admired CEOs take a different approach to office work. But both approaches are bad news for traditional offices. Two and a half years ago, Zuck speculated, and I quote, Over the next five to ten years, I think we could have 50% of our people working remotely. End of quote. Back then, this was a bombshell announcement. Most other employees and landlords expected office workers to return to normal within weeks. Around the same time, during the May 2020 lockdowns, a Gallup survey found that 49% of people currently working from home want to work at the office, quote, as much as they did pre-COVID, end of quote. This was considered good news. Employers and landlords found solace in the fact that so many people were eager to return. But as I pointed out back then, a glass can be half full and remain valuable. An office building cannot. But people working from home was only the beginning. In June 2020, I noted that there's more significant shift. There's a more significant shift that most analysts are missing from my tweet from back then. One thing I haven't had seen enough discussion of, COVID didn't just expose that many jobs can be performed remotely. It also exposed that many jobs are not necessary at all. So remote work doesn't just move some jobs out of the office. It also makes it clear that many office jobs are not necessary. This trend was hard to notice amidst the general COVID turmoil, but it is becoming easier to see now. Immediately after taking over Twitter, Elon Musk started firing people. Before long, more than 70% of the company was gone. At some point, there were fears that the site won't survive the weekend. But it did survive, and it has remained up for a few weeks since. Perhaps, at some point, the whole thing will fall apart. But for now, it looks like it can keep going with far fewer employees. As some pointed out, the actual impact might be felt in the long term when Twitter actually fails to ship new features or improve but Twitter already failed to ship new features and improve when it had all those other employees that are now gone. Now, the above is not meant to ignore the hard work of Twitter employees over the past decade. It is simply stating a fact. Among its peers, Twitter had the lowest revenue per employee. And even during the craziest bull market the world has ever seen, the company's market capitalization barely touched its 2013 highs. The high price Musk paid, Musk paid for Twitter represent a 16% decrease in value since the beginning of 2014. For comparison, Facebook, another troubled social media company, is up 116% during the same period, and that's after dropping more than 70% from its 2021 highs. And yet, in the face of massive layoffs, some employers and landlords still saw a silver lining. Musk insisted that everyone work from the office. He even converted some meeting rooms into sleeping rooms to make it easier for him and others to stay at work indefinitely. But tech investors saw the news for what it is. As Scott Galloway pointed out, investors are starting to push large and small companies to attempt similar layoffs. The sentiment is captured in a letter sent by TCI Fund Management, an investor with more than $6 billion worth of Alphabet or Google shares. I quote from their letter, We are writing to express our view that the cost base of Alphabet is too high and that management needs to take aggressive action. The company has too many employees and the cost per employee is too high. They continue, our conversations with former executives of Alphabet suggest that the business could be performed or operated 
more effectively with significantly fewer employees, end of quote. The TCI letter also quotes Brad Gerstner, the CEO of another investment firm, Altimeter Capital, and I quote, It is a poorly kept secret in Silicon Valley that companies ranging from Google to Meta to Twitter to Uber could achieve similar levels of revenue with far fewer people. End of quote. This type of pressure is driving layoffs across the tech industry. Some readers have noted that it's not surprising that tech companies are bloated after a decade of fast growth and cheap money. It's only natural for them to, so to speak, shed some fat. But most of these companies are still growing and will continue to grow over the next decade. And the whole point is that their workforce was relatively unproductive even during the best of times. There's also a second reason to maintain such a large workforce. As I wrote earlier this year, overhiring is a way to deal with the nonlinear nature of creative work. And I quote, One of the biggest challenges of modern business is the role of chance events in determining a product's success. Companies can no longer simply hire good people and develop products that sell. We're no longer in a linear industrial economy in which the right inputs are very likely to produce the right outputs. Instead, we are in an economy in which the right inputs are just table stakes. They are a lottery ticket. But the right outputs, the things that become successful, are those that happen to draw the attention of the crowd at the right moment and, in turn, are boosted by algorithms that turn initial success into ultimate absolute success. So overhiring is not the only way to deal with this uncertainty. There are also other approaches, as I pointed out. In some industries, companies deal with this uncertainty by avoiding any attempt at innovation. This is the reason why most successful movies of the 21st century are remakes or extensions of earlier, already successful movies. Trying something new is too risky. As long as it is viable, recycling remains the most logical strategy. But it is not always viable, and in other industries, companies might, must make multiple bets in order to have a fighting chance. So tech giants treat employees as bets. As long as one of them might come up with the next Instagram or Gmail, it is worthwhile to employ a bunch of them and see how it goes. Worthwhile, that is, as long as you can afford it. So as I pointed out back then, these companies are not recycling ideas, but they are recycling capital. So companies like Google and Facebook are using billions made from past successes to bet on employees who will maybe develop a future success that will help finance even more bets. This dynamic is painfully visible in companies like Google, Facebook, and Apple, who are hoarding a huge chunk of the world's talent, throwing people and ideas against the wall to see what sticks. End of quote. So at some point, you run out of money to finance this strategy. That's what happened to Twitter. Or your investors run out of patience, just like Google's investors. Or your founder decides to spend more money on other bets, like the case at Facebook. Or a Chinese competitor, TikTok, and an app store privacy restriction from Apple are eating your margins and forcing you to cut costs, also Facebook. So for whatever reason, hoarding talent becomes unsustainable. So Twitter is proof that a company can actually go remote even if it forces everyone back to the office. The biggest change is not in where people work, but in how people work. Where does that leave offices? Well, strictly speaking, wherever they were to begin with, right? Because they can't move. But they can get emptier. And the first order effect of remote work is indeed emptier offices. The second order effect is leaner companies and even emptier offices. The third order effect is an explosion, an explosion of inequality and opportunity. But that's a story for another time. If you enjoy this piece, please share it with your friends. Give us a little rating on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe to my newsletter on drawpolag.com. Thank you for listening.